I know I'm not supposed to take it personally, but Counterpart is a better show than Manifest. And Manifest came into Netflix and said, okay, we left off on a cliffhanger, NBC did us dirty, and we would like to continue it in three different versions. One, we could just do a two-hour movie. And Netflix is like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that to yourselves. And then they were like, no, well, we could do a six-episode miniseries. And they're like, no, but you want to tell a bigger story than that. And they're like, well, you could give us, you could give us a full season. And Netflix was like, what if we give you two halves of a giant season? And they were like, well, we could do that. But what about the, uh, the actors? They, they, they want raises. Netflix was like, <laughs> oh, that's already in the contract. You just have to sign right here. Four to five million dollars an episode. From what I've heard, clearly a step up with production quality compared to the previous seasons. Now, you and I, we just jumped through this show by watching the previously sections. Literally the <laughs> yeah. minute and a half sections before each episode. And I think we understood it at least 50%. Mm -hmm. and like, I, of course, there's going to be stuff that we don't get. But like jumping into season four, how well did you feel like you were prepared? Well, they gave me a season three recap. Yeah, but that was stuff you'd already seen, <laughs> Yeah. Right? So, I mean, no, I, I jumped into it and I understood practically everything that was going on. Exactly. So, like, the show isn't complicated, but I don't understand how shows like this can find an audience, such a big audience, that is just, like, gung-ho on keeping it around. And Counterpart, just a, <laughs> an amazing series that really left off on a cliffhanger in season two that I wanted to see. the Like, even Westworld. That was just canceled. Big yeah. surprise to everybody. I kind of wanted to see where that went because they hit the big reset button on that. And so, like, Manifest was not on the long list of shows <laughs> that I was really, really, really curious about what would happen next. Maybe if you want to relate it to Lost and they had canceled Lost in the fifth season, then I would understand where, these, where these fans are coming from. Yeah. I, I, I get that. And I'm not here to, like, shit on Manifest because clearly... We, we're about to go through this episode, and there are things here to talk about. I just wanted to start with saying, like, come on, Netflix. We can go back and get J.K. Simmons. But um, Manifest, it's a supernatural mystery drama created by Jeff Rake about a plane that is massively delayed by five and a half years. And these are the stories of the passengers. Well, I thought this was going to be a lot like the 4400, because whenever I saw the trailer for this back in, like, 2018 on NBC... It always was just about a plane that disappeared and then people that reappeared. And I was like, that is the exact premise of the 4400. I thought it was a spinoff of the Avengers, like S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that because of the five and a half years. I thought it was a blip plane. You really thought that Marvel was going no, to No, but I thought this. that the plot was like stolen from that. I thought it was the same idea. Jeff Rake would have seen Avengers and was like, that's a great idea. Honestly, I thought that this show only ran for one season. I had no idea that it ran for three or that Netflix had picked it up. Well, it only got popular after Netflix started showing it. And then people were like, well, this this really is. It took off on their platform. It was in the TV top 10 for like however long. And it really, fans went, yeah, like I never heard about it after it premiered. It's like Expanse. Because Expanse, first three seasons were on sci-fi, then it went on to Amazon Prime, where it was playing on Amazon Prime the whole time, built up an audience there, then they picked it up for another three seasons. This, it feels like it's really just season four and five that were greenlit, but that they just say it's season four, part A, part B. But you only watched this first episode called Touch and Go, and from here, I mean, the last season finale, I know we had some character kill-offs, we had a baby being stolen, yeah. um, a lot of characters, Michaela, Ben, Jared, Olive, Cal, Sanvi, uh, Zeke, Angelina, everyone's favorite character, Angelina. And by the way, if anybody really has a problem with her, like just, 
because of how evil she is or how much of a religious fanatic that she is, they should go back and watch the third and fourth season of The Americans because Holly Taylor was cast to play this role. Like this is her exact, this is her, um, what is it, bailiwick. This is her like bread and butter. This is the thing that she does. So, and she's very good at it. So uh, I think she's only in this episode for like a couple seconds, yeah, right? Yeah, only a couple minutes. All right, yeah, but give me the episode breakdown. Where do we kick it off? We How saw, does season four begin? There's a guy named Henry Kim. We don't know that till later on in the episode, but it's Henry Kim. He was mentioned in the season three, but I don't think we saw him. Yeah, he has like a ton of wires hooked onto him. He's even wearing something that looks like headphones. And there's a ton of scientists just doing work on him, trying to figure out what's going on. And suddenly out of nowhere, he's transported to a completely different place. Yeah, it's kind and, of similar to how um, we see Michaela transported a bunch of times into the um plane yeah and and eureka we saw this last season i think it's the last shot of last season there project was, eureka yeah. yeah there was there was a pilot named daily he was stuck inside the a28 plane and mm-hmm. he was just saying like crazy stuff don't you remember him screaming in the yes. previously no that's exactly what it, <laughs> yeah and he's then, just screaming inside there and then, and then randomly the last shot is like that plane suddenly transports somewhere we don't know where yeah uh, the, yeah i bring it up because that's important but after, that's why everybody thinks it's an alternative universe where in one universe the plane was destroyed and the these people were never supposed to survive, so they're getting these callings and connections right. back and forth. And it's it's it, to me, it's too much. But again, I'm not the main audience for the show. Yeah. So after Henry Kim is transported, that's when the intro plays. That was like a 30 second intro, and I was like, okay, we're jumping straight into it because yeah. I was expecting like at least I don't know. Usually shows go at least two or ten minutes. No, this we're was on just, Netflix now. Yeah. This was just suddenly like, all right, we're straight into it. So then we cut to Ben. He's putting up missing posters of his child that's missing, Eden. And this is the introductory of one of two main storylines that's going on. I mean, it's two years in the future from where we last left him, where right. the baby was stolen. And Ben is still, like, he is still gun-ho that Eden is alive. He's Does like, anybody say that she was dead? Yes, every other person is saying she's dead. Why? You're like, he's, because they're just, like, given, given up hope because they can't find her. Ben is calling... Is that, is that how it works? It's like, if we have no evidence that says they're dead... Ben's, we just, well, Ben's calling up Jared. He's like, look, I need you to run more Amber Alerts. Like, I, I need you to do this. Like, I'm trying to find her. I know that she's still alive and every single person is like listen she's dead and this is part this was really bad because this is like five minutes into the episode and i thought to myself oh no there's absolutely no chance that eden is dead Ben is 100% correct. And at first, I thought I mean, it was he's the of, hero of the show. So I, at first, I thought it was one of those things where it was like, maybe as the audience member, we're already supposed to know that she's alive. Yes. And Ben is just... Well, we saw we saw that Angelina took her and we never saw her murder right, her. So. Right. And plus, you don't kill a baby in this type of show. But, but the thing is, is that that's what this whole entire episode was surrounding. That This whole entire episode was the fact like, oh, Eden might be dead. That's like really the storyline they're trying to go with in this premiere. Mm-hmm. And that was when I, that's when I was like, oh no, this show is going to really annoying it's just gonna drag you because it was just dragging it so far out and it's in every show does this it's like unless you see a character die it's the golden rule unless you see a character die on screen they're alive that's always been the case so then we cut to michaela and zeke they wake up in bed and for some reason they woke up because cherry blossoms randomly out of nowhere are falling in their room are you sure that they're actually there or is this in their mind no no or? they're actually there and that's even something zeke says like michaela zeke is like what's going on and then michaela is like well these are cherry blossoms and i don't know what that means yet so obviously this is somewhat like a calling well remember he almost froze to death so like bits of ice were falling off him and in, in, like when he was indoors and warm and stuff so like yeah stuff happens the strangest thing about this show though is the fact that these visions that these 
these characters get, and it happens to multiple of them. They call it callings, and yes. suddenly they're somehow able to figure out that's a calling, like in a split second. Well, if you've had enough of them, I'm pretty sure you'll be able to recognize them at this point. Yeah, it's but, been years. But there's a part in this episode where Ben thinks that because the windmill is turning a certain way that windmill. that's a calling. Yeah, and it's like, well, but he's I, not sure. Yeah, no, he's like 100 sure about okay. it. And I'm like, that could have just been the fact that there's no wind at all. Like <laughs> they're like the most subtlest things. I felt. I like. would trust the characters, especially Ben, since he's been the one leading so sort of the charge for yeah, the project. No, you read no question because was. Ben. Yeah, Ben is even telling Cal, who again is older. Uh, yeah, so Cal did that age jump. It's a new actor, yeah. right? And the actor who was playing him, it went from someone who was five years younger than his twin sister on the show, uh, Olive, but then now it's played by someone who is like four or five years older than her. Yeah, no, so I why think, can't you cast someone who's like the exact same age as her who looks like her? I think that he is my favorite character, honestly. So they improved him with his... They, yes, they actually improved him with the actor that they put in there. Why? Because I liked his acting the most. And no, his I mean, character, like, what does he do? His character felt the most... I felt a lot of sympathy for him. One of the first flashbacks that we see is he knocks on his family's door. It's shortly after Ben's wife has died, aka his mom. And they open up and uh, the whole entire family is there. Shocked, I would assume. Yeah, very shocked. I like how they recognized him though. Cause I mean, he doesn't look exactly <laughs> yeah. the same, but yeah. Yeah, you have Michaela and Zeke and Ben and they're they're like kind of happy to see him. And I thought that the guy's acting was good as well. And then you also have Olive, but Olive, she is like pissed off because apparently he's part of the reason why Ben's wife died. He trusted yeah. Angela a lot, Angelina, Angelina a lot. And what happened is he is gave her some key. Or gave something. her the key. Yeah. She was able to get into the house, and all of it's just like hitting him and just like really mad. She ends up walking away, mm -hmm. and I was a little surprised that the family. I mean, I get it, it's it's so odd with this storyline because it's like I get that they're happy to see him after so much time has passed, yeah, and that he's still alive. But also, all of it's right. Like he's the reason why Ben's wife, which seems like it's going to be the driving force at least for this season is dead. Yeah, but it's so, interesting because like Olive, if you go back to season, I think it was two, it may have been even one, but she was the one who was originally getting on board with sort of the religious aspect of the A28ers, the ones who think that like it's some supernatural force that they're supposed to be guided by. Right. She distances herself away from that. Angelina comes and takes over as the crazy one. But like, it's weird how like even in, in that season before Angelina was introduced, I was thinking, well, Olive is like the Holly Taylor character in uh, in the Americans because she's getting absorbed in a religion that she shouldn't be a part of. Right. But now she's blaming her brother for also falling under the, I guess, spell and, and saying that and helping Angelina out. And that's what I liked about the show, actually. The flashbacks provided more story progression, it felt like, than the future storyline. Sure. Like, I wanted to see Cal introduce himself back to the family. And then even before that flashback, you get a quick flashback where Ben, he's driving, it's the same night, he's driving to his house and he learns that his wife has died. Olive is like crying and coming up to him. And I was like, this is actual so stuff that no, I want to see. Yeah, it's providing you the in-between. But they're doing the two-year jump, I think, because it's like it wouldn't be plausible that the wife would die and then suddenly everybody would still jump into the next adventure. Like they're giving you time to grieve or the characters time to grieve until the story can collect itself yeah, again two I years mean, later and become something it's else. It's just, I was wondering to myself, like why couldn't they have started the show this way? Because every single flashback, they used to do it three times, two at the beginning, So do one like a two-year jump midway through the episode 
as opposed to doing flashbacks yes. interspliced in between. It's just a matter of directing. And the director, if you want to go after him, his name Romeo Tyrone. He's directed things like The Tick and Once Upon a Well, Thing. I like the flashback scenes because they also showed uh, black and white. It was black and white, and then it was, like, colored whenever oh, it was cool. in the future storyline. Mm-hmm. So Cal is calling his dad. He's using the name Gabriel. Michaela and Zeke walk into the room. Olive is there. And the main reason that this scene is here is because they are trying to show that he needs to be kept under house arrest. No one can know that Cal is there because everyone's going to have questions as to why he's older. So he's taking up a false identity. He yeah, has a I new mean, passport. Yeah, again, <laughs> he, he is just, he's locked down. He's not allowed to go outside. His name is Gabriel now. Yes. Yeah, I mean. What, but why is he calling his dad? He's calling his dad because he's trying to figure out where he is because the dad is still putting up the missing child posters. And Oh, so we're still at that first day of like two years in the yeah, future. Yeah, we're about like, 10 minutes into the episode. Sure. Right oh, wow. Keep going. <laughs> So then we have Olive and Zeke. They end up going to their own job. Zeke is like a therapist, and he has like he has some type <laughs> He's of a superpower. Yes, because telekinetic became, power or something. Remember, he almost died, and then he came back, and he now can, has empathic abilities, so he yeah. can like feel other people's right. Emotions. Like he's he's speaking to someone. He's speaking to a patient that's like it kind of closed off, and he's like let it go, and he's using this superpower. And really, what the camera does is it just shakes a little on his face, and that has a sound, and then suddenly the patient just starts crying. Yeah, it was it was like what? no. That just reminds me of like miss fits or heroes like that's a legitimate actual superpower but i assume he also has like the drawback that he then feels that he takes in the emotion himself yes we even see that well not really the emotion but he definitely gets sick when he does it oh Um, we see that in an elevator when he kind of like crouches down and it's like ah and then uh, we also have Michaela. She gets uh, one of those callings. She sees herself, I guess, in the future, like kind of coming out of a lake with a ton of cherry <laughs> blossoms. It was okay. very strange. So, okay, the cherry but, blossoms again. Yeah, the cherry blossoms are back. And then uh, and then Cal continually seems to always be really interested in the callings. He gives, Well, yeah, because for a while, people thought that maybe future Cal was the one giving the callings. I mean, like, that would he even, was, that somewhat makes sense, kind of. No, I'm talking about like first season stuff when he had came answer and then there was like he was sick but at the same time he was the only one who really understood the callings and then but then after a while his character became so confused with the callings that i think people started disliking the character of cal because it just added another question to the show that no one was willing to answer yeah because he always has advice on what to do like for example when michaela gets the calling he's like you might want to consider going to the shipping container yard and she's like why the shipping container yard and he's like i I think there's going to be stuff there so she goes to the shipping container yard and lo and behold there's like a ton of shipping containers with cherry blossoms on it and then she's able to tell that there's like one that's kind of lighting up that has a uh, sigil on it yeah. on the front. And she goes inside it. And then that's where suddenly, for some reason, Henry Kim is. I was going to think that Henry Kim would be there. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. He, no, and, and he has like, I think he has like Flight 828 carved into his arm. He's completely knocked out, though. And the strange thing about this shipping container yard is the fact that although they were trying to make it seem like it has a lot of security and a lot of people, a lot of people just working there that would be able to tell like right away if someone wasn't supposed to be there. It seems like everyone was able to get through it pretty easily. Like, it, like okay. she just I mean, walks in. She's an ex-cop, so she knows how to like distinguish herself and make herself seem like she's where she needs to be. Yeah, she she takes Henry Kim, and then she decides to go to Eureka, and that's where uh, we also see Sanvi. Is that her name? I think yeah, that's the doctor. Name. Yeah, and then she's working with Vance. She is still investigating the clip of the Eureka suddenly disappearing out mm-hmm. of their like testing chamber. Yep. 
and and Vance, it always seems like when like, a character... Where's the plane at this point? That's yeah, where everybody wants but, to go. But it always seems like whenever a character is doing something, for example, Ben trying to find Eden or Zombie with the Eureka footage, there's always another character that's there that's like, you know what? It's just done. It's just over. <laughs> like, that's Vance's whole entire point in this scene. He's like, stop looking at it. Like, you've been doing this for too long. You're going to make yourself sick. We're just never going to be end up finding what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so Michaela brings Henry Kim there. They kind of hook him up to a lot of machines. And the one thing that he can say because he's kind of like knocked out he has his eyes closed a lot of the time but he's like the boy the boy there's this box and i need to give the box to the boy sure and they're all like okay well the boy obviously has to be cow so they come up with this elaborate plan and this is like supposed to be the big part of the episode we have vance he's, yeah he's like hacking into the camera system and he's like she's seeing where everyone is so that uh cow can kind of make it through unscathed and you got unnoticed. the tech guy you, you got, got you got vance teenager. and then you have also uh you have michaela outside and she has she's speaking to him through an earpiece sure. and this is supposed to be a big deal and what ends up happening except the fact that again cal just marches on in there and he's like right next to the shipping container at this point it seems like the only real obstacle is that there are two workers that are right next to the shipping container as well having a conversation like and on the other side so they can't see him no they're they're like right they're right next to it so he can't just walk through they will see him if he tries to walk through so they're just talking and talking and talking and then vance is like look we need to wait for an opening and then instead of doing any of that it wasn't like cal f- somehow found like some new guts or new confidence to do anything he just decides to screw what vance was saying screw what michaela was saying and just decides to walk to the shipping container completely in view of the two uh, people that are working there just walks inside yeah so they came up with this whole plan yeah for but did it work nothing. did it work the, the point is they didn't need a plan it didn't yeah. need to work maybe it just it's walked so inside it was a joke. yeah it was no, a joke. no 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 the, the show wasn't playing it for jokes it seemed like they were actually trying to be serious he just walks inside he finds this uh box he does send a picture to vance of the box yeah um i think it's a like something airways on it and then vance is like oh this is a black box Oh, it's the black box to the plane. Yes, what, what, the, what the plane has. Sure. So they end up taking the black box. Um, and then on the other side, we have Ben. He kind of got a calling that Cal... Is he still invested. playing up photos? Yeah, he's still trying wait, wait. to find Eden. <laughs> he's joking. still trying to find Eden. Wow, he is spending the whole day. He's, he's very sad, but he is determined. He's like, there's no way that she is dead. Okay. Jared even gives him a death certificate, and he's like... No, I don't. Why well, don't believe it? No, no, no. They just have a talk at his house. Oh, and okay. he's like, no, I don't believe this at all. He even gets a calling. It's that so he- weird that Jared, after seeing everything, like even with Michaela, like that, he would think, okay, two years is enough to call anyone dead. I mean, all no. of these people were considered dead after five no, and, and a half years. No, and that's the thing. I guess I was so irritated with the story. Like the world we live in should not dictate after two years you're determined to be dead. That, and also just the fact that Eden was not dead. We know this. Yes. Okay. All right. So <laughs> and so and so. So he, he just, just finds her, right? Well. <laughs> I wish it would make this show better. He he gets a calling like midway through the episode. He doesn't want to do it, so Cal decides to go on the calling after some convincing it takes. And uh, Cal, I like how callings are now missions in like video games, where it's yeah. like those one-offs that you can just decide to do that's or ignore. E- that's exactly what it was like. He goes to this person named Anna Ross. Anna Ross has for some reason been able to kind of have callings of herself. So Cal pulls out his phone and he's like, you know what? I know there's a windmill around here. Uh, is this what it looks like whenever you're having your visions? And Anna Ross is like, yes, I'll go there later on 
in the episode. So they used a calling to get to another person's calling? Yeah. To get to a windmill. <laughs> yes. And so, so Anna Ross goes there. And then Ben, when he's just staring at this death certificate out of nowhere in the background, this blue windmill mm -hmm. just starts like outlining itself in pure blue and cool. starts spinning. It was the most ridiculous thing I had ever seen. And then he saw He could be having a stroke. <laughs> it seemed like it. he went to the windmill. He sees Anna Ross there. And then there, and then that's when he does the whole entire thing. He sees the windmill. He's like, okay, that's a calling as well. Cause they're pointing us in the direction of where Eden should be. Mm -hmm. And then she, and then Anna Ross just decides to follow him. And when they like, guess are walking and walking, Ben hears this child screaming and he's like, oh my God, Eden. So he runs like to this lake and it's, he realizes it's not Eden. It's, it's just a different this kid. Baby. It's just a kid oh. that for some reason, their father is drowning in the lake. Oh, so he's there to save the dad. So yeah, he's there to save the dad. Yeah. It seemed, it, it added absolutely nothing to the storyline except for maybe just being a MacGuffin. I don't know. They saved the dad. Hey man, they saved someone's life. <laughs> but it just, it just, it did nothing. Okay. They saved the dad. Save ben comes life. home. Everyone is just kind of sitting around and he's like, you know what? Maybe Eden really is dead and burns the death certificate. And I was like, Wait, wouldn't he need to keep it? If he actually thinks his daughter's dead, then he would definitely need to keep it. Well, that he was just giving like this kind of. It actually was probably one of the best scenes out of the whole episode because he was talking about how he like misses his wife and how he. But just, Ben Stone's not your favorite actor. It's still Cal. Stone. No, it's still Cal. It's one of the Stones. <laughs> and so he's yeah. So he burns the death certificate, and that's when I just lost my mind because suddenly what happens? But that Anna Ross, the person that's been helping them, and I think that she's in previous seasons as well. Uh, yes, sort of. Because he's maybe first season. He talks about how they've helped, how she's helped them in the past. Yeah, I don't think that she's like a prevalent character. I don't think people know who she is, though. Like, people had to do well, a double take. People, and be like, people know who she is now. Yeah. Suddenly, there's like ashes of the death certificate that come into her room, and we see one of the drawings that she supposedly has done, and then she's carrying milk and cookies. And I was like, show, you're not fooling anyone. You're not smart. Santa's here. She walks play, into the room, right. and what do you know, except for the fact that. Angelina and Eden yeah. are there and Eden's actually I did like this that Eden's actually the one who has been the callings yeah she, so she's the one that's been drawing the windmills because she's part of the family yeah and Angelina has like somehow convinced Eden that uh that she's her mom somehow I mean she was a baby when she was kidnapped how yeah, she but it, it's believable also that's kind of like Nathan Fielder <laughs> Remember the end of that? Yeah, season? yeah, it's almost, yeah. yeah, almost those, word for word. Those were actors. I mean, this is supposed to be taken seriously. And then, uh, and then uh, the other storyline, just to finish it up. Apparently, the black box they have been able to get some audio from it, yeah. and the audio is somehow actually synced up with what Dally was screaming at in the Eureka fight. Nice. So they've been able to figure that out. So it's like a Doctor out. Who thing where they're able to use the script and the and the black box to like make a full right. conversation. Right, yeah. That's cool. And so and so and that's basically where the episode ends. And it just felt so overly long and convoluted just to get to such but a that's predictable. The show. So it's either fun and absurd for some audience. For the people who are still watching it, it's fun and absurd. For the other people, it's clumsy and, and unnecessarily and you know, messy. That's, that's the thing. It's half of half with me because the Ben storyline was just messy and just led to absolutely what i already knew was going on but i do have to admit just seeing cal suddenly stroll into the whole uh to the it shipping container yard yeah. when they seemed like it was going to be this big thing and i don't think it was played for last but it, the fact that it was so absurd did i did like that storyline it's the so bad it's good type thing yes where it's like if you can watch lost the first few seasons you're disappointed by the last last one i really i liked up until season <laughs> six but but yeah i laughed at the last one because of how bad 
bad it was. But th- with this show, I don't think it ever had that kind of like where it was super good. You know, <laughs> I think it's always been one way and that's the way the fans have grown to love it. I mean, yeah, but like I said, the flashbacks, though, it wasn't those weren't so bad. It was good. Like, I actually like those flashbacks. There's even a flashback where Cal is talking uh, to Sanvi. <laughs> it's such a weird name, but he's speaking to Sanvi. Well, Sanvi and, and Ben kind of have a thing going about maybe. Well, well no, Cal, though. Cal speaking to Sanvi. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. His and, dad. And he's talking about how when he touched the, the part the of the flight, yeah, and yeah. he ended up, like, zapping away. Mm-hmm. He's talking about, like, what he saw there. And I was like, that's actually interesting. Like, these flashbacks are doing a better job than the show is of hey, keeping my if interest. there's one thing that the show was brought back for, it was for answers. So I think they will probably give you answers. Also, the reviews for this thing haven't been too bad. What were you, what was your rating, your final rating? Okay, well, honestly, I mean, it does seem like with the four seasons, there's a story behind it, and there's a big one at that. The acting is fine, and it is... Is nicely shot like you were the saying as a better. bigger budget they kept the black screens like the commercial cut, cut screens even though they don't have commercials that was just a yeah no no, no i didn't notice that yeah that was just a, a decision that they decided to go with overall i'm gonna give the episode a five out of ten it doesn't pass because it, it didn't get to the like bar of so bad that it was good which is either kind of like a good and bad thing all right well for everyone else it passed the rap said season four part one that's for the entire thing but it includes the first episode may stick the landing ready Study Cut said it was a thrilling addition to the revived mystery box drama and TV Fanatic gave the specific episode 5 out of 5 stars. I really couldn't find too many negative reviews for this. So I'm like the only negative review. (laughs) But I mean, it's like the people who are watching it on the regular are the people who are already fans. Right, the people that are sticking around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I have a little game for you, though. Um, Do you find anything else about Henry Kim, though, by the end? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think okay. that that's about it. They just kind of leave him there? Yeah. All he's right. just, I, he's going to be in the rest of the season, I assume, or at least a couple more episodes. And does Michaela get any uh, closure on her rose petal thing? Um, no, not really. I think that that was just a tablet where she, Cal needed to get back to the box. Yeah, most people were talking about the production quality. They were talking about how it was good pacing and also about how people hate Angelina. They were just, like, despise her well, you're so spo- much. Well, you're supposed to. But if she was going to die, who, whose hand would you want her to die by? Oh, man. I mean, the characters are so likable. I don't think she's going to die by anyone's hand. I mean, people want Olive to be the one to kill her. Because oh, I mean, she's the one who betrayed all of the, the most. She's the one that the has the most reason to. Mm-hmm. But again, I feel like her the character sister, yeah. The characters are too likable where I don't think they're going to end up. She's going to die by, like, her own fruition or something. All right, so a little game. Name the supernatural drama. I'm going to give you... We're going to put a minute on the clock, say... And then I'm going to just list off different descriptions for uh, supernatural dramas and see how many you can get. They'll start off easy. They'll get really hard as it goes on. Ready? All right. All right. Ready, set, go. In an instant, at least 4,400 overlooked, undervalued, or otherwise marginalized people who had vanished without trace over the past century are returned to Detroit having not aged a day and with no memory of what happened to them. The 4,400. Yes, right? but you shouldn't wait until I'm done. You should get the, because okay, we're literally yeah. on a time limit. A post-apocalyptic world where a mysterious cataclysmic event simultaneously killed every mammal with a Y chromosome, uh, but for one... Oh, why, why the last man? Okay, a massive sinkhole opens up in the middle of Los Angeles. Okay, a violent animal attacks upon humans. Zoo. Suddenly something causes everyone in the world to black out just over two minutes time. Each person sees a series of events in his or her future, some good, some bad, some apparently non-existent. Uh, I don't know, colony? Uh, no, you can just pass on that yeah, one if you pass. want. A small town called Pretty Lake and the surrounding rural area are under siege from a mysterious disease that has wiped out everybody aged 22 oh. and older. Oh, um, um, oh, I don't remember Three, it. I don't remember two, it. I don't remember it. One. Uh, that was belie- between. Between. That was yeah. between. And the previous one was flash forward. 
Flash forward, okay. Yeah. I only had a couple more. They were for Alcatraz and Touch and then Revolution. Um, I was not going to get any except for maybe Revolution. Yeah. Uh, wait, this isn't the first plane show that we've done before. We've done Departure, Yellow Jackets, The Wilds. It's not the first Doomsday plot that we've, we've done. The Stand, Raised by Wolves. I thought Walking The Stand, Dead. when you when you mentioned one of them, I forgot which one, but I was thinking The Stand for a little while. Mm-hmm. The 100, The Rain, uh, Snowpiercer, and uh, yeah. I mean, overall, I, I would think that uh, that counterpart would have been the way to go. But that's just a personal recommendation. Next time, maybe. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.